0: Welcome to Diverse Tech Founders, a podcast about the one thing older than capital, people like you and me. Now, here's your host, Abraham J. Williamson. Welcome back to the Diverse Tech Founders podcast. I've taken a trip down the road to Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I met up and found somebody that I'm super stoked to introduce you all to. Mr. Asa Bush, who has been a godsend really coming from a mutual friend that we know. But but anyway, we'll get into this as the episode progresses. We'll start where we normally like to start, which is getting to know our guests before they reached the apex of where they are now back to their childhood self. So Asa Bush, why don't you just kind of talk to us about childhood you and what you were like back then and if that person would be friends with you today. Because as we've been catching up, properly in person here in Chattanooga, learned a lot more about sort of where you come from and how you ended up here, because this is
1: not where you were born and raised. Very, very true. Peace and welcome to everyone uh, for joining on our show. Uh, so for myself, I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm now living in Chattanooga, Tennessee for the last over nine years. Me growing up, I was a, a fun child, played a lot of basketball, a lot of sports. Football also was in the art. Um, grew up with both my parents in my home, I had a big sister, she's about two years older than me. My mother's a teacher, and her father is in the culinary arts, and um, also was in social work. So having a successful child, or just so I would say an intelligent child, that was very important to them. So I remember just growing up, years and years of always sitting at the table every day, every night, just having homework, and my mom sitting there with me doing the homework all night, reports, projects things like that, I think that helped out a lot for just being structured in value and valuing education. Um, it also helped so that I knew the seriousness of intelligence as I grew older. Um, my parents always would have talks amongst themselves and then come talk to me. So whether it was coming from mom or dad, you kind of knew that this was the order and the law in the household. I think um, as I grow older, I would definitely be a, a friend, family and uh, uh, associated of myself, just because of some of the qualities and skills that I have and that I value that are very old school and high value family. So that's a lot. That's very important to me. And just always doubling the intellect, intelligence, education. That's something that I like. So I always want to do better for myself.
0: Thank you for that. Although as a Howard man with the man of Morehouse, I want to go deeper there because you were raised in a household with not just college educated parents, but HBCU educated parents. So talk about sort of how that influenced you and the journey that you went on as a consequence of
1: their tutelage? A good question. So I knew from three years old, I was going to an HBCU. Um, My father went to Morehouse. My mom went to Clark. My sister went to Clark. I went to Morehouse. Um, My parents were one of those Morehouse Clark graduates that uh, they met in college. They went and got married. My dad's still from Pennsylvania because he's from Pittsburgh and my mom's from Philadelphia. So when they met in college, they just came back, came to Philadelphia, got married, had my sister and then myself. And we always knew we were going to be going to the same HBCUs our parents went. That helped major because I knew going to school at least needed a network. So going to school, um, knowing the value of an HBCU experience, that was a lot to me because I always went to mixed schools. So just getting that black experience, that black vibe, that was something I couldn't have, I couldn't even get that in my own neighborhood at all the time, even though I did grow up in a um, successful, what you would call a middle-class, thriving black neighborhood. We grew up in that type of neighborhood. But to get that educational side from HBCU and to just go see young brothers who were successful, wearing suits, going to classes, and involved in so many different activities, that was that was major for me. Uh, many friends that just came and would help my group of friends out and just run out the student center and just come give us lectures and things like that on history and what's going on currently in the world and just make us really brothers. And like I said, my network. So, um, so I appreciate them for
0: that. Thank you for that. Did you bring Philly with you? What was it like being a northerner coming down South and, and
1: now you're back? So clearly it was, it was somewhat good to you. Oh yeah. Always. I'm, I'm Philly all the time. <laughs> Definitely Philly all the time. I think more than being from Philly when I went to college, I didn't want to be known as a Philly guy. Um, I would see all the different people that were around and some of them had some good qualities, some of them had bad qualities. I was able to see a lot of different people from all over the place. So you can tell California folks, Detroit, Midwest, Southern, East Coast from New York, Jersey, Philly, Maryland to Baltimore to DC swag and all their different styles. Virginia and where they get their styles. So to see all these different things broken down individually and see how the cities were, I didn't think it would benefit me to be known as from a city. I thought that was going to limit me. So I was like, I'd rather speak a certain way and deal with things where where I'd be more worldly. I'm cool if you know I'm from the United States, but to be just known as the Philly guy, that didn't always have a good connotation to it. Um, I remember when we were in new student orientation and we were all, it was us and girls from Spelman. So we were all just sitting around our group, and uh, I turned around. And the girl was like, "What were you from?" I was like, "Philly." She was like, Ew, "Philly, dirty." <laughs> so I said, "Oh, okay, yeah, that was that was first week." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I knew from there, like, yeah, I started to think about it, like, "Hold up, well, who are the Philly representations? What do they represent?" Um, okay, so it just had me switch it up a little bit. Excellent. Also, shout out to the first responders active down
0: here in your right, city in right, right. chat. Uh, so you made it to Morehouse. Was that where you first started to you know, scratch your itch when it came to technology? Talk about the earliest experience that you had with technology, because now, I mean, you are at a point in your career where you're helping technologists help technologists. So talk to us about where that started and the genesis of all of your skills.
1: I think my tech started. I'm 42 years old now. So when I was young, back in the 80s, 90s, that was, those were the years where they were saying if you break things in your home, you always take them apart and want to put them back together again, get in technology. Because I had a mom in my home who was a teacher. We always had electric typewriters. We went from there to, we already had the first cell phones, the big phones. We had those. Um, I had digital everything in my house. So I always got to play with things. I was involved in music and instruments. So I had electric keyboards, digital keyboards and stuff like that. I had all the train sets, all the stuff you could take apart that you would want to take apart as a child. At the same time, we had the first computer. So when Windows 95, that era of the internet came out, we had those computers. My mom went out and got those. So I was always on a computer for 14, 15 years old. So I knew from then I wanted to be involved in computers. I just didn't know how. And my school wasn't really teaching it. I think back in the day, we had... Uh, funny programs like um, some of the older people remember something we had called Logo Writer and Number Muncher. Like We had those games on the computers, on the Apples in the schools. So I always did well in schools. Knew how to type, but I always had it in my home and I thought that was where I really knew okay, let me get into technology. I think what kind of um, didn't help was that I didn't know what I wanted to go into. so There was no mentor. There was nobody around to really guide me and walk me through it. But I was always on the computers and always very savvy in how to navigate through a computer. So
0: That's interesting and I want to learn more about that as we move through this conversation. You've been very hospitable here, so has our mutual friend, Sean, and you're more than welcome to come to Nashville, though it sounds like I want to keep the electronics away from you if you're going to be tearing them apart and breaking them up, uh, but you can still come nonetheless. So talk to us about what it is that you do uh, with Convey is your company, but also you're just a fixer You know, you're a tech fixer. As context, I'll let you explain more, but just in terms of how you have impacted people that I know already, is that you're able to help people who maybe don't have as strong of a technical background to navigate and not get taken advantage of, or if they already have a talented team, to bring out the best and bring out the most in them, to help them be efficient, especially with people in our community who are preparing to launch something, whether it's an app or technology, what have you. You're able to make sure they do it without betting the farm, betting the bank, and within their budget. I'll leave it at that. Uh, that's a lot of words. Hopefully, you will give us a better picture of exactly it is how you see the role that you're playing in the ecosystem. Because nothing but rave reviews from the people who have gotten in touch with you through this community.
1: All right, so I'm, um, I'm gonna have to go back a little bit on this, and hopefully, um, I don't get too long winded, but when I started in technology, when I came home. So Morehouse was a big thing for me because Morehouse was something I was expected to do and going to college, but I failed. I wasn't successful there. I only did two and a half years there. So I had to go back home, regroup. Like many of my friends, I saw a dude, but I still knew I wanted to get in technology. So I got an associate's degree from a school. I was literally on the corner one day, um, a friend I know named Bear, cause he's got a body like the uh, Tasmanian devil cartoon, right? He's got these big broad shoulders and a skinny waist, right? So we called him Bear. Um, he came on the block. He was just super excited. And this was when I was at a downtime. I'm talking about a real sullen mode because I didn't know where I was going to go to school. I wanted to go to school and I knew I needed some type of a degree, at least an associate's degree to get me started. So when, the, when, when I wanted to take more classes, I, was, I could get a bachelor's. My friend Bear comes on the block. He's super excited. He hasn't seen me in years, like since high school. He's like, yo, Ace, what's up? What you doing? It's like, man, I'm, I'm just chilling. He was like, yo, I'm about to graduate tomorrow. So I was like, well, where are you graduating from? He told me the name of a school called MCCCTI, and it was in Center City, Philadelphia. I was like, well, what you graduating for? He's like, I'm graduating for technology. I was like, really? So I just lit up, eyes lit up. I knew Bear. He had that good spirit to just help lift me up that fast. So he said, I'll take you down there. I called him the next day. He didn't take me down there. He was like, man, I'm about to graduate. I'm not even going. He was like, just call him up. I called him. They said, come on in, take the test. I took the test. I did real well. The director of the school was in there. Um, he saw my results. He said, I don't think you're going to have any problems here. That was really the best thing in my life that happened to me in technology because so many things started propelling after that. Um, I was in the elevator to school one day. I met a girl, young sister, and she had a brother in technology. So we talking and um, she says, hey, I need to introduce you to my brother because that tech stuff you be talking, I don't know it, but my brother does it. And that became what I call a tech angel in my life I got two tech angels. I got one that's my man Jarrell Jones and I got another that's my man Frank Cartwright I'm calling uh, Frank Bank. So uh, my man Jarrell was always involved in what we call new technology. So he had the latest on everything. He was already doing websites. This is when HTML started getting popular because DSL lines first hit people's homes. So people weren't on dial-up anymore. You were able to go to a website, you were able to get MP3 songs, you were able to get movies, you could go to anybody's websites. And companies were just starting to get into having, um, having their websites put online. So he was making websites and he said, well, just do sales for me, since you in school. He also said, I work for a radio program that's here in Philly and we have two locations. So I do the technology for them, but I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to meet you with these guys. I believe they were on um, so he was like, I'm going I'm to I'm introduce you to these guys. I want you to come work for me while I go do my side business. And you're going to be a network administrator and hear for me two days out of the week. So while I was in school, I was able to get my, my uh, internships. So I had that um, from in school. And I'm also doing website sales. So I'm literally calling up businesses out the phone book, going down the list and getting different sales things through them. Then after that, I started a nonprofit with one of my brothers. So... We had a nonprofit called Social Equity. And because I had a tech angel on my back, he's telling me how the nonprofit games work. I'm just calling people out the phone book to get donations. So I remember the first person I called said, we don't do donations. The second person I called said, we do do donations, but you just missed it. We, we just gave some away. So I knew I was on constant elevation going toward where I needed to go. So then the third person said, oh yeah, come down, come pick up 120 computers. We got you. Come pick them up next week. I was like, oh, cool. Bam. Closed it. I'm like, damn, I don't have a car. I'm living at my mom's house. I don't have friends with trucks. Like, how am I going to go get 120 computers? So I was in school, and that's when I saw the value of how I wasn't using education at Morehouse well. We playing around, fooling around at college. I knew I couldn't do that when I was in school this time. So all my network is now coming from the school I'm in now. So I'm literally the day before I got to get the Get the donations. I'm standing there. I'm standing at the um, at the school board. It's like a, a the, the bulletin board where you can put all the, uh, flyers and things like that in the lunchroom. I'm just standing. I'm zoned out. I'm thinking because I'm a thinker, and I'll sit there and just think while I'm in the cypher around people, and I'll think and think and think, and I'm thinking and thinking, and I saw a sign that said monitors for sale. And these are not the monitors like we see now, thin flat screens. These are like the big old, ones, look like TVs. You turn it on, you can hear like turn on, right? So so I said monitors for sale, I think it was like $15. And I thought, I said, hold on, he he in the school, so he knows the school because his flyer is here and it says monitors for sale. So he probably knows about computers or needs some computers. Maybe if I could do a deal with him, we can get the package deal going. I called this guy. This guy had a whole warehouse with Students from the schools in Philadelphia. They were doing all the um, they were doing all the fixing. He was going out renting trucks, riding trucks every other day. He's picking up uh equipment from all over the city every day. So he goes, oh, so when he says, come down to my business, let me show you something. I was like, all right, come down, give him a tour. He was also working with a program called Digital Divide. That was my first experience dealing with government programs. That was a program where at the time George Bush was president, George Bush Jr., he wanted everybody to have a computer in their house at that time. So he's running digital divide classes upstairs. He's got young guys from the high school that's like 16, 17 years old. They're taking computers off the back of the truck, off the loading dock, and they literally have three, four tables out there, and they're just taking pieces apart. It's hard drives over here, memory sticks over here, is software, um, hard drives with software on over here. And we were really just building up computers right there because they were coming off as donations fresh off the truck. We would take all the pieces, put them together, and then we would use at that time hubs and we would network all the computers together and then sell them back to businesses. So I'm doing all this in school just from standing in school first semester. So I went from Just going into school, not really knowing about tech, they're getting taught by a 17 and an 18 year old. They taught me so much in a day or two. And by the time I went back to school on the third day, I was just a man in school. I had all the hands on training. I got my, my tech angel Jarrell, he working right across the street. I'm going over there. I'm a network administrator with him for a radio program. But also they taught what was called welfare to work programs. And at that time it was medical billing. So he taught all the Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, PowerPoint, things like that for the medical billing training program. So I already had office skills at Microsoft Office. I didn't need to teach that, but that helped out because years later, like about a year ago, down here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, we worked with a program and I was adjunct professor at the um, local community college down here. And that was partnership with Google and Chat State, Chamber of Commerce, uh, and we taught People who were in the projects so that we could be the first round and helping those get them get out of the projects by giving them a skill so they can go get jobs. And I was an adjunct professor. For that just gave me a laptop Was like ace go down there go to the uh the community center go teach them every day and i was able to tell them what to get and add-on for that program when we were the pilot for that so in between those years i've done everything from helping people get uh, mobile apps once again i have my, my tech angel Jarell. he's telling me um yo this is how we make mobile apps on android and this is how you make money off of it so this is how you run ads and this is how you advertise these are banner ads interstitial ads video ads rewarded video ads so i always did that on my own i've always had Google Play Store accounts, and um, my friend Jarrell, he would go into creating websites. This is ten over 10 years ago. He would make websites and sell them. He always was doing that. He was always making mobile apps and selling them. And so I'm always there with him and, and getting the money too, just using it for myself for residual income. But I've done everything from that, helping people make websites when they need help, helping people make mobile apps. And it's just grown, catapulted for me over the last quarter because a mutual friend of ours, our brother Sean, he introduced me to to you, Abraham. And it's just been been exponentially, (laughs) exponential growth from here. I made one move at the end of last year. I got my cybersecurity certification. And from doing that, that's what had me get the confidence to actually reach out to Abraham. And once I did that and you were giving me feedback, I was like, okay, I'm I'm where I want to be at right now. I'm at a space where I can help any business on any level. I'm up to date on everything. Besides going out there and learn, learning another coding program or something like that, what else could I really do, you know? And my business experience because all this time I've been working for Fortune 500 companies, so over 15 years of experience, I worked for all the Fortune 500 companies. I worked for lawyers. I worked for the top doctors, top uh, top hospitals. I worked for the top chemical companies. I worked for the top auto manufacturers. Uh, manufacturers. i work for the top um, financial industries, I've always worked for the top businesses and done everything from technical support, break fix, to system administration, network administration, and now working on the cybersecurity team and we do pen testing all the time and we do all different types of things from, um, I, I just uh, landed a deal last week where I'm chief compliance officer and that came up just from within doing work for the cybersecurity team through volunteering And next thing you know, a client says, hey, we need this. And I'm like, yo, I got what you need. (laughs) So, yeah, it's just been exponential. Thank you for going in depth there. So,
0: in summary, left Morehouse, regrouped. Somebody on the block shows up with an opportunity that they had just completed. You took the initiative, and that started your journey where you were just interested in helping people. And now you've helped a lot of people by helping yourself learning a variety of different ways to get into tech. A lot of people may think it's a lot. You know, I don't really understand HTML. I don't have the time to do it. And yet, you were able to, in a few days, get enough confidence to want to keep going. So now talk about how you're able to, because this is one of the things I really love about you, Aces. You are able to talk with the techiest of tech folks and also people who don't even know what they don't know. And serve as that liaison, that middle person, but also to play whatever flexible and malleable role that they need for you. And you're always thinking about things through a very strong business lens. So now that we got a little bit more background on what got you here, talk about the opportunity now that folks have, if they connect with you, for them to accelerate their business, especially if it's a software technology business. Maybe even some of the common things that you see that people maybe... They just need to be introduced to it so they can accelerate their learning.
1: I would say that, um, and I definitely learned this after uh, working with Abraham and him sending me some of his clients. Uh, Abraham made it very clear. He said, look, I got people who have problems in tech, and I think this could be beneficial if you you just talk to them. I was like, good, because sometimes I just need to talk to somebody. I think my conversation is worth money, and conversation can change lives, so... I don't care if i talk to somebody for five minutes or for five hours let's get that conversation going so that it can change your life and i don't personally care if you come back and call me or not that means to me that you use my information and you're taking it to the next level to help you out i know i'm not going to get money off of every deal i don't want to get money off of every deal i want to help i'm a virgo It's in my universal dna to just help people if i'm not help if i'm not helping somebody I get like a low self-esteem and start feeling unwanted and I'll go search for things to go do so that I can just help people out. And um, to right now in our space, what I've seen is that it would be valuable to talk to a person like me because I let other people title what I am because I've had so many titles throughout history. But all my titles never show what I did for the work. So my titles. I let other people uh, get them. So they're, once I started reaching out to different companies in the VC space and things like that, they're like, well, you can be like a tech advisor or a tech co-founder. I'm like, sure. I don't know. what I'm Googling what it means as they say it. <laughs> so I'm like, sure, whatever, because I do everything in tech. And when I used to be in Philly, the guys that know me, they say, look, next time somebody asks you what you do, just tell them everything. Because you do everything and you know how to get it done. And that's what's important. If you don't do it, you know exactly how to get it done. I've been sourcing developers from across the globe myself for over 10, 15 years. So I know how to get projects done. I've had people come to me with thousands of dollars and try to get a product done and it fails. And that could be for um, mobile apps and for websites. I had a website fail. I forgot when I was in Morehouse College, even though I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, I went to the library every day. And I learned different things and when websites were really, really popular. I called my cousin back at home. He gave me $750 because one of the guys that would just sit around with us, out of nowhere, he knew how to code HTML. So we started one of the first websites for resumes called employeeresume.com. All my friends from college remember that because they're like, oh yeah, with the little red logo. I went on Microsoft Paint, made a logo. I used my printer until I ran out of color ink. I was like, okay, I can't make flyers anymore. And I went on the campus and I started getting people's resumes. And I said, hey, this is a resume site. We're going to put your resume online. You can use this link so you can just email it to your employers. Because that was the thing at the time. Like, there was no dice, there was no monster, there was no career builder. And my site failed. My guy who built the website started telling me, he said, hey, you're going to, have to pay for this hosting, it's going to get bigger. And I was like, what the heck is hosting, right? So he was like, your site's going to get bigger and you're going to have to pay. That's all I'm telling you. And this is literally like my mans that I see every day telling me this. I'm supposed to be going to school for technology, but I'm not doing what I'm supposed to I don't understand it, what he's saying and why. Also, I realized I didn't understand business at the time. I was hearing things, I was researching things, I didn't understand business. I didn't understand handling a team that'll just handle the investment side of things. Having people who are in that space that really know that space and they can help you grow. So all those different failures that I did, by the time I came back to Philly, I was like, nothing's going to fail. Everything I use is going to be a benefit for me. It's going to make my resume stronger. I'm going to build this up for years to come. I'm going to keep getting my certifications. I'm going, I have to go into the businesses and work because I need to see how it's operated on a global scale. I need to know what it's like running an enterprise technically. I need to know all these different divisions of the business. So that just helped me out major. From what I've seen, I've also seen the people that we work with, our people, people of color, African-Americans, whatever you want to call it, we get, pardon language, but we get robbed when it comes to technology. So we'll go out there and do deals in technology, and we're paying these high fees, high hourly costs. We're talking to companies of people that don't look like us. They don't act like us. Also, I feel as though you got to be thorough. So I don't want a lawyer who's not thorough. I don't want a guy who deals with compliance who's not thorough. I don't want a sister doing my accounting work and she's not thorough. I want people around me who are thorough. And when it comes to technology, I'm thorough. And I have people around me that are thorough who still work in the industry, even myself, in every aspect of technology so they can tell me different things. I know how to put projects online and just go interview different teams so they can tell me how they'll get it done and bring different ideas to the table. And that helps save on pricing, that helps save on a better relationship with your technology team. I don't care if you hire them from Ukraine, from Russia, from Asia, from anywhere in the um, the United States or South America, wherever you want to. I've got guys in Africa. I had a guy who wanted to learn Java. He was a young guy. He wanted to learn Java, so I gave him a small, small project with a game. So, off of that, I paid him, so he was like, well, you're going to give me a template of the software anyway." So again, the template of the software, he changed up all the things on it, so like the, they call it assets, so it's the artwork and things like that, and the music to the game. He changed that up, but he learned how to use the soft, how to use Java from that. Then he went and taught his girl, then he got mad at his girl because his girl wasn't keeping up the place, got rid of her because he was like, "I want to learn this Java, this is what's going on, like I got to learn this, and people paying for this." And that was years ago. And then when I tried to get jobs from a dude, this dude was charging so much money. I was like, "Yo, remember me? Like, I'm the guy to start you off, man. <laughs> he was like, nope, this is what I charge now. I'm not doing projects unless they $30,000 and up. Boom, boom, boom. I said, much love to you. Just remember me, man. <laughs> so it was all good. But I've, I've been in so many different situations. I'm able to bring the three things that I think have came about that I learned. And um, as one is my availability. So All my clients can call me at any time of the day or night. That's not something you can get from most of your colleagues that work directly with you in your regular business. And I treat this like a real business. So I treat everything I do like business. And so let's say I have a title or I'm an employee of yours. You can still reach me after hours because I understand what it's like with a startup. I understand what it's like with business. I understand what it's like with your budgets. And like I said, I've seen so many people getting Taken advantage of in technology, that's where I come in. So, yeah, I'm definitely just, I'm, I'm 6'4", I'm dark-skinned, you know, and I, I, it's the same way I talk now. I talk like this on Zoom because I'm I'm relatable, and I want people to feel comfortable and free. So I definitely um, I'm a, I'm a surprise when I pop on that Zoom sometimes. <laughs> and they're like, okay, who's this guy? Like, he's our new tech advisor. He's this. He's that. Like, okay, like where did he come from? Like, I'm just friends with the CEO. Don't worry about where I come from. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's me. So I, I play that role to just make sure our people are well taken care of. I've always been that type of person, that, that Philly, that's where the Philly side does come out of me. And I do want you to know, like, no, I'm from Philly. you won't play no games. You're not robbing my people over no tech. Um, we understand technology in this world, and we want to make sure that we get the best ideas going because I never want to stop somebody's idea. I feel as though it's very important that when someone has an idea, we help them get it out there. But you don't have to pay large prices for that a lot of times. And I want to make sure that we're not taking advantage of in this space because some people have no idea about technology and what's going on. And I walk with them through the process. Um, I, I've had, I have clients now where um, one of my cool clients, um, she's doing so well with her product. I mean, they was trying to charge $30,000 up to where's the $40,000 to make two apps or something simple. So just had a couple of conversations and I also allow her to use who she felt was in her own circle. And I was like, go ahead, use them. I don't mind just make sure you bring this information back to me so we can review it together and some of her own people didn't i would say meet up to par or be very thorough with what they were providing next thing you know we getting our app done for about four grand so you know she and her app is almost done we just reviewed a lot of it in the in administrative panel yesterday so i, I definitely helped with saving the cost on a lot of things and i feel as though I, i'm one of those i'm one of us so not getting over on us at all.
0: I appreciate you going more in depth in the value add there because I certainly see it. And what is perhaps ironic is that six months ago, the VC space was something that you were sort of on the outside looking in, in your mind. And I love the story about the brother who you really put on. So the Java Lava brother uh, who who you helped out. It seems as though a lot of people may, after they make it, it's tough to really remember the moment you're in right now which is I'm learning, uh, I'm just getting acclimated, like I'm willing to donate and give my time because I know it will come back to me doing things that may not quite be scalable right now. And as you're coming into this, you know, venture capital tech startup ecosystem from this uh, angle, Talk to us about what you see at a macro level in terms of how we can really start to bridge the gap, because there are a number of folks in our community who aren't technical co-founders, you know, a number of investors who want to find more people. What do you see as a way where we can start to really blow and expand this up? And I'm not just strictly talking about black founders, even though, you know, many of the people who come on the podcast are and they're investors, but anybody who sort of underrepresented in this space, what is a way where we can start to really, I don't want to say democratize, but kind of spread the love out to where you have thousands of those stories?
1: That may sound uh, cliche, but your network, not saying your network is your net worth, but getting out there and networking. So I always know and value my network. That's why I'm okay with not having a website right now. That's not how I do business. I've never done business like that. I've done business out of elevators. I've done businesses out of sitting there looking at billboards. I've done business from keeping a college network or staying, staying good brothers with somebody I know who is very valuable that I've known from just having a job, like my brother Sean and how I met Abraham. So if I was on a website and just pushing sales and stuff like that, to me, that takes away from the personal side of things that I bring to the table, and then I'm just on a list with everybody else that they interviewing, and I gotta kind of go through that interview process. I rather talk to people and have a conversation with them at night, or while they cooking, or something like that. And I'm in my house, and I'm getting food. My daughter's cooking, and we have that personal conversation so that they know I'm more what I bring to the table because I also am a family-oriented person. When you start making money with people, they become like family. When it's consistent, so you want to make sure that their family concept and how they see family values is very in tune with that. So. So for me, I think that the networking of what you're doing is a lot. I also think that being involved in technology, if you're not involved in technology, is find somebody thorough like myself to have on your team of technologies. Find somebody who's well-rounded. Get involved in technology if you need to. A lot of the projects I started with were $80 projects, $50 projects, $120 projects. Those led into $15,000 projects. Those led into projects where we are selling software for $70,000, $80,000. So I would de- definitely start off somewhere, and you have to have. I, I I used to tell people this back in like 2001, 2002. I was like, yo, if you don't have nobody, if you don't have a techie on your team that you can call, just like you can call either an accountant or a lawyer or whatever type of people you hang with. I don't care what you do. If you don't have a techie on your team that you can call and really walk you through things you're probably not going to be seen as one of the highest levels of what you're dealing with. I, I still have a partnership with an assembly repair business. My guy's out there assembling washing machines and dryers and garbage disposals every day. But I'm the techie. I was able, because of technology, to get a partnership on that business with equity and get cash payments. So just have, you have, he understood the value of having somebody who knows anything and everybody about tech, anything and everything about tech, so that he can just at least call or when I need a website to be done, he'll navigate that process. When I need some advertising done and I want to test out Google or Instagram, I got somebody that's knowledgeable to just talk to. Sometimes you're just paying for a brain. And my, he actually put that in the contract. He was like, yo, I need your brain. So he was like, I need you to load all the Microsoft Word and stuff like that. Send it back to him like, look, put Microsoft Office here, like put Office there, <laughs> so I can do all that. He's like, cool. I was like, uh, he's and he played on the next line. He's like, oh, and I just need your brain and all your expertise. <laughs> I was like, no problem, man. But um, yeah, you definitely want to be in tune with some guys that love tech. Um, somebody asked me that the other day. I think my oh, my daughter asked me that this morning. She was like, Dad, do you love tech? Like yo, I love tech. Like I'm I don't have to have a lot of gadgets around my house and stuff like that to love tech. I research tech. People send me information on tech. I go to webinars and just listen to people talk about tech. I'll volunteer with somebody because I know I need to get my skills up because I'm weak in something in tech. I'll talk and source people all over the globe to see how they deal with tech. I like dealing with guys who like tech too. So they're experts in what they deal with. So you want to just deal with some people I recommend. Um, however you are, just, just follow up, get some people on your team and even me. That's what I, I think I bring that to the table, that availability of what was missing. I bring that to the table. Let me just call somebody that's like my brother sitting around on the stoop. Let me call somebody that's like my son that I can actually just tell everything I need to tell him and he understands it and I just need him to execute like a son. Let me call somebody who's like a brother. So if I got a problem with these guys over here and I need to vent, I need to cuss, I need to holler because I actually paid for this and I'm not happy with that. Let me call my guy and he'll listen and he's going to go through it and talk to him with me. He's going to be bad and cussing too. Hey, if I feel a certain way, I got one of our clients um, when I first met her and uh, she became a recent client now. Um, I just became into a uh, chief compliance officer role with my company. The um, first thing I asked her, tell me how you feel about what you're dealing with with these people now. Just tell me how you feel because you're a CEO running a company and you need to get your feelings off. You're working around a bunch of different people. You're on Zooms with people. Some people talking or not. You got teams that you may or may not be happy with. Just tell me how you feel and get that out. And I'll listen to you talk like, you know, you at the bar. <laughs> so think things like that help out in what we need. Just bring a more personable thing and somebody that can break tech down in a layman term. Somebody that will walk with you through. Okay, you don't know it, but this is your company. You can't have a tech company and not know your tech. You're going to get stumped somewhere you're going to get stumped and it's going to be embarrassing and they're going to play is going to delay the process. You can pay people to go in there, but why would you want to pay somebody to do something that you can just have somebody walk you through and learn and make it easy on? I definitely make it easy on people.
0: Thank you for joining this week's episode of Diverse Tech Founders Podcast. I'm Abraham J. Williamson, and we had yet another great guest to pop in. And if you enjoyed, today's podcast recording. Please give us a rating. You can do it right now on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, and we'll see you next week.